Welcome to Pro Corner. I'm your host, Austin Serhoff. This week is part one of my conversation with Aaron Pearsall. Aaron was generous enough to sit down with me for just around four hours back in the fall. And I've been sitting on this content for about seven months now. Um, because number one, as much as I love podcasts and listening to things, and especially listening to things uh, related to people and subjects that I care about, four hours is just going to be too much for one big episode. I'm not Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm not that interesting. Aaron's close, but um, it had to be done in a right way. And I've just been staring at this tome of content that is super important to me, but also so dense and free flowing and brilliant because Aaron's just such a brilliant person that it finally took me until last week to, to start digging into it, editing it out, finding good start and stop points so that I can put together some sort of arc because we took the time to go through Aaron's entire story of a swimmer from his time growing up in Southern California, making the Olympic team in 2000 as a high school swimmer and winning a silver medal there to his time at Texas in the mid 2000s, both as a pro swimmer and a college swimmer. And then the tail end of his career when he knew he was on his way out, but still set a world record in his last meet in 2009. And it's actually one of the few world records from that time period that still stands to this day. Um, point is Aaron represents the best of us in swimming. Uh, for those who don't know, he had a stretch where he was the most dominant backstroker in the world for the longest period of time of anybody in the history of swimming. Um, I think it was the status from 2001 to 2007, Aaron did not lose a backstroke race in international competition. And that is an unparalleled achievement to anyone, probably not named Michael Phelps, although Michael and Ryan would trade off um, IM titles and Michael and Ian Crocker would trade off uh, butterfly titles at international meets. Aaron's record was spotless for just around seven years. So on top of that dominance, he's also a fellow Texas Longhorn and a hero of mine and many other people's not only because of the domination, because of the perfect backstroke that literally no one can emulate because it's such a natural and beautiful stroke, um, but because of the way Aaron carries himself with his status as being so well-known around the world and in the swimming community. He truly cares about what he can do with his status and with his place as someone who's so revered and well-respected. And he's very thoughtful about his place in the world and his place in sport and his place in swimming. And he's also truly and genuinely humble, not just in a trite way where, you know, the quarterback after a big game is, is telling the reporter, it's all, uh, you know, it's all my teammates. No, like Aaron, it, he doesn't care about that stuff. He cares about the wins. He cared about winning those races. And he was a killer in the pool and one of the hardest workers in the world at swim practice. But... He never bought into himself in a, you know, in that typical egotistical way that a lot of great athletes can fall into the trap of. He truly is a special one of a kind person. He was a hero to me for a long time, still is to this day. And I'm lucky enough to be able to call him a friend. And I'm lucky enough that I can present this conversation to all of you. So without further ado, here's part one of my conversation with Aaron Pearsall. <laughs> Connection's good. I'm plugged in. All right. All right. I'm here with Aaron Pearsall, um, among other things, fellow Texas swimming and diving alum. Um, I don't think he needs an, an introduction about his international swimming career. And uh, we're just going to get started. Aaron, how are you doing today, man? Hi, Austin. Doing well. Yes. Um, a continuation of the conversation we were just having. Mm -hmm. It's appropriate to probably press began. <laughs> it should yeah it should be noted we're dropping you guys in media rest in a conversation we're having and we basically just had to remind ourselves to start recording the conversation yeah that's probably smart yeah, yeah. good morning good morning good morning to you too and it's a beautiful morning in undisclosed location are you in california right now i am i'm out in california nice san diego 
Ah, <laughs> heard good things about the place. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Probably a little nicer than Baltimore right now. Um, so we got a lot I want to cover today, and I kind of want to drop people to get started into a place that comes from my own experience, actually. Um, one of the things I wanted to try with our conversation today, because I trust that we're just going to find our way through everything that people are going to find interesting is I want to start from the lens of my own experience to kind of frame you and I's relationship and how it got started and evolved and catch people up to that. And then I want to kick it off to you with your perspective on the same situation. Okay. Sure. So, good. so my favorite experience with you and it was at the, at the time it was best weekend of my life. And <laughs> you know, my wife would say, hey, what about our wedding week? And I'd say, yes, that now. But at the time, when I was a 19-year-old college kid, the, week, the last weekend of March in 2010 in Columbus, Ohio, was the best weekend of my life. And the moment that I had with you was one on day three of the NCAs. So this is where we were at. You were the volunteer assistant coach for the Texas Swimming and Diving Team. You were in your last year as a professional swimmer. I was a freshman at Texas and had had the, the privilege of training for the year with you. And I had just won the 200 IM two days before. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this fact. I was the first freshman since you in seven years to win an NCAA title on the men's side. And at this point on day three, I knew that we were going to win the meet. And right. the situation was I was in a van in the back seat. You Aaron Pearsall, and I, you know, you, you don't have to be humble about this because it's just important to frame to everybody. Someone who had just come off probably the greatest swim in history, the world record in the 2009, 200 back at Worlds, five-time Olympic gold medalist, was driving college kids around at NCA meet. You were in the, and you were driving the, the van, and our assistant coach, Chris Kubik, was sitting in the front seat. And I remember thinking, like, this – this is impossible. This is unreal that this is happening right now. Yeah. And it was also special because Chris Kubik, I don't think took a breath the entire 15 minute car ride. And he was roasting you with, with about 90% of what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I was seated second in the 200 back that night, the, the event that I had trained with you all year and wanted to obviously be, be like you. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up winning the title. You dove in the pool with us and I think the only word I can use to describe the experience was spiritual. It was unbelievable that I got to have this weekend with an idol and also a training partner volunteering to just be a part of it and serve and, and give to what was going on. Mm. So, so dropping people into that car ride and that weekend, I want to shift the POV to you. Where were you at at that time, Aaron? Um, yeah, that was an incredibly special year and uh, for me uh, personally, but I, I bring up that part of it because uh, <clears throat> it, was, it, it was really neat kind of um, changing my, uh, my purview to, like out a little bit, right? So, you know, I mean, I, just kind of focusing on my career for the majority <laughs> of it to, to some degree and, and having this year where uh, I do remember, you know, thinking about, and there was a bit of a, there was a, a, bit, a bit of a different like gap between experience for me being around the national team and being a bit older. And then, then um, the, the actual college team itself that was competing that weekend, you guys. And so it was, uh, it was just for me to be, what it was, I, I think partly Austin, I was able to, um, for one, thanks for that was nice hearing that. And I, it's, it, I don't really get to, I haven't talked about that particular moment in a while, but, um, but I knew that that was my last year in swimming as a competitive swimmer. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I, I remember kind of taking in and relishing those last four, three, four, five, six months in a different way than I probably would have otherwise. But also, um, what was so neat for me to be sitting on the other end of it, having like a, having a very up close view of what you guys were doing was you guys were doing very well. Mm -hmm. 
and you guys were like you had won the IM and, and you guys were winning the meet. And for me to watch that and observe that and watch the the leadership within the team, um, <clears throat> it, it made me so proud of you guys. Like I was able just to kind of sit back and, and I wasn't for it was it was me as a competitive athlete um, watching other competitive athletes do it right. Mm-hmm. And 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 not really being in the mix of it, but being in a different place, which was so great for me, uh, great exercise and an experience for me to to observe and to be present. I was be a fly on the wall, mm. and um, and I I just remember kind of enjoying the thought of taking on a role of of being observant enough to step in in a way where if I could help in some uh, unobtrusive way, um, in an uninvasive way, just come in and like knock someone back in line. Like, Hey, yeah. you're, you're fearing off a little bit. That yeah. was like, that was like all I really thought I, I, uh, would wanted to do. And so that kind of responsibility <laughs> was quite, you know, relative to the nerves you usually feel during a swim meet. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, that was one of the great pleasures within my swimming career was watching and having guys that my teammates, you guys, mm-hmm. um, do, uh, do so well. Watch like an entire year or two years or three years or four years, depending on where everyone was, kind of come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys come together. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and having a, a college team be like that, um, it is like a family. And I'm, <clears throat> I was training with you guys and, and you have a guy like our assistant coach, Chris Kubik, who, <laughs> um, who is just like a, a, you know, what is he, a brother or a father figure? Probably both. He's, he's a lot of things combined in one. It's hard to put him in a box. Exactly. So, you know, you, so you have all these dynamics. Um, and, uh, well, in a nutshell, um, yeah, something I'm really proud of you guys for. Mm-hmm. for that and, and so for me i just felt lucky to kind of be a, a present fly on the wall and drive you guys dan was how lovely I, I i i was being i had been driven around for years i was you gotta you gotta flip it around at some point you know so yeah did it did it feel like um you were driving the van and as, as someone who served a year as a volunteer and being at those meets it's man you're you got to be dialed in and driving the van, making sure the athletes are okay. Um, I didn't know this, but Cubic told me you were the one that stuck around for the 800 free relay, which is notoriously the one that takes till 1130 midnight if they get drug tested. Yeah. You were giving a lot that weekend. And like you said, it was kind of a perspective flip. So was that, was there either a lead up to the decision to ask to be a part of it or a feeling you had afterward where, cause you said you were, you already knew you were going to retire. Yeah. And this is middle of 2010. You had just come off the best swim of your life, maybe eight months before. You were five months from your last uh, nationals meet that summer. Did it feel, was there something about that weekend and being back in that headspace at a college meet, but also, like you said, without the nerves, more about being able to just kind of observe and enjoy? Did that kind of help you process what was about to happen for you, knowing that you were about to come out the other side of your career? Um, I think it was a part of my moving on to some degree and um, it was it was me having this slow exit that's what it felt like I I wasn't being forced out which was really nice Um, but what it allowed me to do was kind of like it was you know I I was able to kind of um, in a different way I just really soak in and appreciate these last moments. I knew that they were, you know, coming. And, and so for me, I think thinking of driving you guys around was like this, <laughs> was this lovely, um, it was a way for me to be present and somewhat helpful, hopefully. And, and compared to what you guys are doing, it's the easy part. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and partly, and for me, I mean, I, as I understand the, the nerves and the tension that it's a tension and the, the te- attention that that pervades for a, a three day meet like NC2A is really intense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to be around that, to be around that tension, but not personally, um, uh, kind of absorb it. Have, yeah. Have to take it on and jack into it. Yeah. Was, um, was a way it was, it was uh, a way for me to almost, I mean, in some regard, not fully, but like I was not living vicariously through you guys. I was just like super happy for you guys. I just mm-hmm. remember being like, and, and being in a place where I, yeah, it, it felt nice to just be so happy for you guys and to be there and, and kind of, it was obvious you guys really wanted this and it was obvious you guys were, uh, were ready and were motivated and were mature enough to, to deal with it and um and you're my teammate so it was it was this kind of it was i yeah it was it felt um it felt natural and easy i, I don't know that it, it um, requires too much diving into with regards to that but but it, it did that time was me kind of um uh really taking an appreciation for the sport knowing that it was coming to an end and, and in, a, in a very happy way. Like I was leaving it um, very gratefully. And I don't think I was explicit to you guys about me leaving at that point. I think I was explicit to like two people. Mm-hmm. I think I, I mentioned it to Eddie the, the previous summer and I mm-hmm. mentioned it to my folks okay. and that was it. And, that, and, I, and, they, and all it was was like, I think this might be my last year. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, probably. <laughs> that that must have been nice to have that knowledge in your pocket while you were there. Like you could you almost had this like I get to and I know it's about us, but we're talking about you right now. So I actually I actually really like hearing what that meet was like for you as just Aaron Pierce all the person, not necessarily enjoying our success as a team. It's re- it's a really cool thought for me that you just kinda had that in your pocket and you were like, Yeah, I get to like look back right now and I don't know, enjoy and find these little moments to enjoy on the way out. But for our perspective, while you were there, um, I can tell you, seeing you wait for us when we got to the Columbus airport with rental car keys and be like, hey guys, like I got a van, let's go. It's like, oh, so this is what happened. This is what happens at Texas, got it. And you had, it seems like you had an ability that, I mean, I call them uh, PPE, personal peer saw experiences, that it seems like everyone that trained with you, PPE, different term now, but. Wow. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but it's, it's it, guys will tell me, hey, like this one time in 2009, like our mutual friend, Andrew Tran, my classmate, you know, Pearsall was like, hey, um, you know, you're wearing your glasses under your goggles. Maybe it's time to get some contacts when you get out on the pool deck. And he was like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll get some contacts and he's like never worn glasses since. And it's like, all right, let's do it. Um, I, I bring that up, not just, not for flattery because you know, there's, there's plenty of that to go around. I want to know, I don't, I don't think being you being so humble and unassuming and personable with people considering your position within the sport. I don't, I honestly don't know if it's, because of an attachment, it almost seems like it's a super awareness on, on your part and an awareness that you can do something good with what you bring into to a room. So what was that like for you, that role that you had on this, on this Texas team and then on the swimming community as a whole that like, I'm this person and if I'm this way, it does this for people. Like, I imagine you had an awareness of that. Um. I sure and it and it waffles it would waffle back and forth I mean I, I think one of the things about swimming the sport itself is that it can be um, you know it, it can be confusing sometimes in the sense that it is very much an individual sport mm-hmm. um, as much as it is a team sport and and so being conscious to to pull out and, and kind of see the uh, <clears throat> that more collected nature of it was it's like it's it's kind of it's what also gives it such a richness right and 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 so you know i think it i i, I was able i mean i i think acknowledge that i was um 
like everybody at times, like just kind of self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, for, I think uh, having a certain gratitude um, to be in a situation where let's say like with you guys at NC2As and that kind of situation where I wasn't competing, I had no personal vested interests aside from you, aside from yours. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> that, that kind of, uh, I, I think, I just think that that's like a, a critical place to put yourself no matter what it is we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the NCAs is a great example because it was like, we won the title and also like this has to be thrown in like, and Aaron was there. So you yeah. do have that gravitas with you when you go into these situations and it makes it more special for people. Well, and that's, that's, that's cool. And that's nice. And, and, uh, and I, and I think I, I kind of willfully blind myself to that sometimes. Okay. So it is, so it is a measure of, of detachment instead of like, a am pulling on it a little bit. Well, no, I mean, I, I think I, I understand that like, I, uh, it, it, one of my, one of the great pleasures for me is, is it, it, with the sport, especially, I mean, it, it has to evolve, but I think one of the, the you know, we, we, you go from a place where you're, you're competing and you're growing and you're, you're getting faster, you're doing whatever it is you're doing. And at some point, um, uh, the, you find yourself invested in others as well. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, hopefully you do. And I, and I, and I think, um, and I think part of that is, is, is kind of getting to understand, you know, what there's, there's so many things to find value and richness within the sport. And, and one of the things that, you know, we have within the sport of, within sport in general, it's not just swimming. It's, it's just that sense of, uh, you know, we have so much in common mm-hmm. and, um, and it's a familial thing, but it's also a, uh, um, we we're in this together and it's, it's it kind of the end of the day. It's, it's like, you know, I'm not a competitive swimmer anymore, but we, but like, what do we take with us? It's these relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and I think at some time, at some point it's a realization like, Hey, you know, like, I, you know, we're, we're taking each other along. This is kind of this little lifestyle more than anything. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I think, you know, I think uh, paying it uh, back, I think, I don't know if I like that word or like that phrasing, but. Giving, um, giving I see what you mean, though. Giving back what you got in a way, in a different way. I think, well, I, I think it, it's as trite as it sounds. Um, giving, giving back is incredibly important for a myriad reasons. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not just, it's not just for, it's, it's for the, it's for the person giving back, but it's also, um, it's edu- it's growth and education like on all levels it's mm-hmm. like if you really want to learn something teach it yeah like you know like it, it, it's like you, you know you 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 see it from a whole different angle and uh and so there's a value there's a just this, this enormous value in that and and so hanging out with you guys for that particular weekend was was uh hugely um you know evolving for me i guess in that and i think in that sense absolutely um that willingness to give back and be conscious and thoughtful about your station i want to know where that started and maybe take us back now now that we were near the end back to the beginning you grew up in an environment in uh, southern california at nova where you were around some pretty pretty stellar athletes from a young age and we, you talked on uh, Brett's podcast, and people listening, if you haven't heard it yet, it's with him and Jack Rhodes. It's excellent. Um, you grew up in an environment where just the water was second nature to you, but you also had a, an environment where you were around people that were the next spot ahead of you, yeah. basically from a young age. So who were the people that you learned from growing up, and how did they influence you moving forward? That's a really good question. Um, I had my coaches uh, were I had I was blessed to have some fantastic coaches and Dave Salo and Brian Pyre 
Mm-hmm. Um, Stacy Zapolsky was was a coach of mine from when I was like five years old at six and seven and eight at the YMCA, and so there there are these these parental figures for me which were hugely um, a part of it. I I, I mean that I could just yeah like I had people that I still keep in touch with uh, mm-hmm. the guys that I swam with when I was ten years old that I I still and close with and and um i i think along those lines though i think uh um the part of uh, you know honestly i think that the aspect of giving back i, I wish i could say i learned it earlier than i did <laughs> you know like i i mean i you know it's something that i think it's it's um like to to truly be in that space um that's that's its own kind of uh uh journey or whatever you want to call it and and so you know i think i think uh, i was you know certainly on a on the club level let's see i remember um gentleman bobby brewer um who's 10 years older than me who came in he was just out of college and um was a professional swimmer and, and trying to make the 2000 Olympic team and, mm-hmm. and, and, but just such a fantastic man and um, really looked up to him and I'm 15 and he's 25 kind of thing. Huge mm-hmm. age gap, very different than like you guys in NC2As and me driving yeah. around a van. And, and so, yeah, very similar. But, but what that was for me was, um, it was uh, what he did was he the people like that have make can make a huge impression and and um, uh, you know there's there's this element of of uh, kindness and and patience and just presence and just being present in time and it, it's it's just kind of giving giving someone the time of of day and, and your your attention um um how important and how important that is as simple as that is I, I you know i think i just remember being a 15 year old being given the time of day by a 25 year old who was nearly on the national team and and i just remember thinking like wow i'm actually like having a conversation with somebody who's yeah that good yeah. he's that great you know who i looked up to that much mm-hmm. so along those lines i those those things, the gentle the gentlemen or the men and women who I I um, uh, saw in, when I was young and in international meets who gave me the time of day the uh, who actually took the time to like sit down and and and, and uh, guide me, um, you know, and and put up with me or whatever you call it, and uh, that 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 makes an impression, you know, and and it. And you know it feels good. It feels it just feels good when when you're um, when you're a kid and you feel like your thoughts matter a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're not just being pushed aside and and you're not having to like fight for your voice. Your voice counts automatically. You just are younger than they are, and so you're 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 allowed that freedom of your space. You're allowed you're given that grace period, so to speak. Yeah. It's, and, it's, uh, it's space to yeah. figure yourself out and speak your mind without, you know, a worry or be yourself without a worry, right? You're being raised by a lot of different people. Yeah. And that's, I, I want to dig into that more because one of the patterns that I'm finding that I really want to dig into, and this is something that was a big thing for me growing up, is the community that great swimmers have around them that basically form like not, not literally, but in terms of how they feel like their team around them almost like you had a team of older people around you growing up that created this environment for you to flourish, you know, to come into your own. And, you know, when you're in high school, it culminates with getting to Sydney and getting the silver medal. So what was, what was that like? And who were the people around you kind of creating that space for you to find yourself. I, I feel like Bobby Brewer and other great swimmers you're around that gave you the time of the day were the ones that made you felt like 
you belonged and it was like, oh yes, this is something I can do because these yeah. people had say like, yep, I'm a okay. So what, what was that time period like in that way? Yeah. And I, and I was fortunate to be around, um, there is something about like a proximity rule. Like if, if you're around people who are achieving what your goals might be and, and you're humanizing them in a sense, so they're not just like being put on a pedestal, it, it makes it more accessible. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, there's a gift of just by me geographically speaking, being in the team that I was in growing up, I was around swimmers who were achieving what things that I would go on to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so they didn't seem, those things did not seem so out there. They didn't seem so foreign. And, you could see the past. Distant. I could see it. I, and I could also see that the people that were achieving these things were not like superhuman, you know, incredibly um, uh, unaccessible people. Yeah. Right. Like they, they were people. And, um, and so there's something to that. They weren't just posters on my wall. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and and so that, that, uh, that narrow, that like that narrowed the scope of, of the, uh, of the, of the whole endeavor. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, it made it, it made it seem a bit more plausible. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that the, so that in that sense, I was lucky, and I and I say that as like a um, an aside, but it's an important one. And I think that uh, you know, going into let's say like me being seventeen years old, um, going into Sydney, it I mean, like they, they was I I had people that uh, yeah that were older than me, more experienced. Um, I was able to kind of draw on them and almost ride on the coattails a little bit of that. And I was allowed to, and, um, and what did I take from it? I, I feel like, um, certain, a certain sense of, uh, um, I mean, I, I remember showing up every day to the pool and one particular person, her name was Gabrielle Rose. Um, was, uh, was like my best friend on the team mm-hmm. and she ended up making, uh, the 2000 Olympic team as well. And, and I just remember every day showing up to the pool and just being so excited to see Gabby, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like, so it, it was this sense of, you know, I, I feeling lucky that I had someone that I could show up to the pool with and just be like, and go play. Like what, what Gabby allowed me to feel like I was doing was like, I was playing. We were being super silly and, and stupid and De- Salo would yell at us for talking while he's giving a set. And, sure. And, um, and I, I felt it like I, I, I remember in particular feeling um, it's so necessary and important to, to be irreverent as much as possible. Like mm-hmm. to be silly and to be um, to to play, but to play seriously, I guess if that makes any sense. And and um, but that play makes because we were going after like you know relatively large goals. Yeah. And um, but to to make it uh, very playful and you know I think that that lightened the mood a little bit. Um, you were able to shelter yourselves from the weight of what you were trying to achieve. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I think, uh, you know, being, you can only take so much seriously when you're 17 years old. You should only take so much seriously when you're 17 years old. And you should You'd only be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and I, but even like throughout, throughout the whole entire thing, like I, I think, I think I look back on that, on those, those particular moments as being like, that's the headspace that's so important to stay in. It's this space of like, of, of play, of irreverence, of, um, of letting, of letting stuff like slide off your back Mm -hmm. that, that comes along and having people around you to help you help those, those, uh, events slide off your back. And, and, um, I think, I think, you know, and, and this is something that I think I've learned or have been able to absorb 
only since I've been done with swimming. So there's a certain kind of objectivity you gain, right, from just being able to step away from it for a little bit. Sure. Is is this is are all the educational moments that sport provides, and 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 um, sport being this little microcosm of the larger thing, and and so you know sport swimming in our case um being this 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 vehicle to learn how to deal with tension and stress and and goals you're striving towards something but you're also um you're navigating and you're and 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 how do you navigate sustainably and and, and it's like you know how do you how do you go through this little journey with a smile on your face mm-hmm. and um and and, and and it is about it's about people and and you know it's about uh correcting that occasionally and having the right people around you that can help you correct that and you don't know that as a 17 year old you're just kind of winging it yeah you know? yeah and, and you're and you and you know you like some and you sometimes you fall into that and sometimes and, and but the whole point is you're going to fall into all of the 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 possibilities throughout a long career you're going to be you're going to be in the periods where stuff is light and you're going to be in the periods where stuff is heavy Uh and stuff is less fun and you're going to be in the periods where um there's less inspired or more inspired and and but that's that to me is it's a it's an it's a you know having this kind of taking a step back it's part of the uh it's it's uh it's it's strange because it's precisely what's what's what life it's what life is it sounds so but that's what sport is and yeah. I, i'm like and now i'm i'm all of a sudden sitting back having been an athlete going like oh there's a reason why sport's been around for thousands of years yeah it is an incredibly educational tool and it and it needs to stick around it's it's a really inconsequential way to learn about our own selves mm-hmm. and and um i and and if there's one thing that i feel like uh it should always be reinforced is that that the real value of sport is in that and that's it's you know all the other stuff that we put all this attention towards is incredibly fun and valuable and it's fun to reach accolades and and become successful but it's like it's the stuff that uh we're taking along the way that that should that should I think continuously be um, uh, brought back up and reinforced, and and so and given I, space I, to be appreciated too. Yeah, and I and I think I, I take it to to this point, uh, you know, kind of talking about where we're where we're you know just um, kind of the the arc of of my career ending with you guys in NC two A's and me being a kid. Um, growing up on a successful team and and having a successful and long career and 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 being around for a lot of the sport even after I was done hanging out with the national junior team for quite some time um, mm-hmm. hanging out with the the University of Texas college team as like a as just a presence you know in that sense and yeah it's um it's it's this uh um, incredible kind of like little um, world that you get to uh, that we we can have and use to to grow in and and um, and it's and because of that we have the, we so we collectively have this shared experience but um, it's an incredibly uh, it's something you take with you and you learn from the rest of your life, which is bizarre. It's like, it's like a dog. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have a dog and I, you know, so you knew it's like, you know, my dog judo was with me for 15 years mm-hmm. and it's like, and, it, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, uh, you know, he's, you're without him and, and you're looking back on it and you're going, that you, you, it's like I never thought I'd learn such heady lessons from a dog. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize you know, it, like, yeah, yeah. But so the, you, you take it's it's this uh, um, beautiful lessons that come out of nowhere that you become so grateful for in mm-hmm. time. 
If yeah. I'm drawing an interesting metaphor, but I love the metaphor. I was actually thinking of dogs when you said that sports is so great for education because it gives people space to play. Yeah. And I was literally thinking about my dog playing with other puppies in the dog park, learning how he's supposed to be in the world of being a dog. How we act in the sport in sports is that's what teaches us how to be in life as well. So I agree with you. And the, the dog, like, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. And then three things I want to pull from what you said that really make me happy and validate a lot of what I do when I run swim clinics with kids. I hammer three things that you literally said within a space of two sentences. Cool. Um, okay. this, the sense of belonging that I got from going to a zone camp and meeting a national junior team member is what opened my eyes to the possibilities. So your sense of belonging that the older people gave you the time of day, the ability to play, you know, when I'd go to North Baltimore, we were working our butts off and it was one of the, you know, similar to Nova, one of the best club teams in the country. And it was very high yeah. octane, but right. my coach, Paul Yetter and Scott Armstrong before him, we were playing basketball for dryland sometimes Scott loved to do ultimate frisbee for dryland so the play and then the third for example starting with your friend Gabby is so many kids tell me at these camps when they're 11 12 years old I go to some practice cuz I get to see my friends yeah and so people ask me like how'd you get there we're going to dig into this part with you the the true like headspace of what was what it was actually like to get ready to win medals but it's also the external things that sucked us in the play, the relationships, um, the belonging that you feel that it's like, Whoa, this, I'm actually pretty cool in this place. Like I'm cool. Like check the box. So this sense of belonging and the play and the relationship seems like it's something that you carried with you, um, all through your career, um, coming out of Sydney and, and winning the silver medal, did you know that you wanted to be a pro athlete? When did that start with you? Mm. Um, well, that's an interesting, that's a good question. Um, I knew, I think, I think the way to kind of get into that is that I knew that uh, the trajectory that I was on, I was going to become pro. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I went to, you know, I, I won a silver medal when I was 17. I broke a world record when I was 18. Mm -hmm. um, I had a choice to go professional before college and I chose not to. So I was in this, I was in this unique, relatively unique, especially for the time. I mean, like this is 2004 um, situation to kind of, uh, to, to have these options. But I, I, I knew that I could become pro. I also knew I had this idea that um, I, I think I, I, I knew what I, in some regard, um, and I think this is really important to acknowledge is to have a good idea or concept of what the long-term goal or, or the, the, uh, the long aim looks like. Mm -hmm. however vague it is and and for me what I mean by that is like I I got, I could have gone pro before college and I could have uh you know foregone that I, it's just I, I saw that part of my development as a swimmer since this was like the craft I had chosen was going to be in to put myself with 30 other guys who mm -hmm. were really good who were my age um, uh, and that kind of environment would be critical to my development as a swimmer. Like mm -hmm. nothing was going to, to, and, and to put myself in the team environment of NC2As, the impaired, like the, the kind of thing that like, that's the only place within the sport of swimming we are able to kind of step out of the more self-absorbed part of what swimming can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, things that bit, I mean, you have a bit more of that now with the ISL and there's, there's this kind of taking this concept of what NC2As kind of is globally. Right. But, mm -hmm. but, but as a, as speaking for like the development of an individual athlete, like swimming, that like, that's where you go. You go to yeah. college, 
Like it, it's, you know, then it, it would be the same for like wrestling or probably like what other men's sports, men's volleyball, yeah. um, you know, men's water polo. Like there's only so many places for us as swimmers to go. And the, a lot of our best coaches traditionally, or at least the, you know, the ones that, I mean, they put the most athletes on national teams cause they're stronger and bigger too, but it's mm-hmm. better coaches typically, so to speak, or college coaches and, um, I was thinking in the context of my career as trying to achieve my own personal goals and, and giving the professional side time. I, I, I was in a place like I could like, I was being somewhat patient mm-hmm. and with that. And um, you were in a position, I mean, you think about someone who's trying to go pro and like before they had to go to college, like a basketball player coming out of high school, yeah. a lot of them do it. A lot of them eschewed college because they had to. So I think it's also noted that you were in a place where you had space to be like, I could go to college if I want to, I don't have to be a pro to like start bringing in money now. So was that decision, I want to get into the granularity as much as you remember or can for just a second, the decision, even though it was relatively easy, was one that you had to consider. Um, Your, your, I would say your singular peer at the time, Michael Phelps also set a world record um, in the same year as you in 2001, and he took the path of going to be a pro, whereas you chose the college route. Um, whether or not his experience related to yours in the moment, yeah. I guess I want to know what you were thinking about at the time, the people you were consulting and what they were telling you and what you were considering when you were deciding whether or not you want to be a pro or go to college. Sure. Um, so um, I just, you know, going into... Me foregoing the university system um, would have stunted the, my development as a swimmer, I felt like. Like, it was the place where I was going to develop. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was me thinking about my career in the aggregate, right? So not necessarily like, and, I, and so it was like this idea of balancing like the next three or four years with a contract potentially and like make actually making money anything can happen in between now and maybe two years when i would go pro as far as injuries go and like you know my are you being irresponsible for foregoing a certain amount of money um are you going to make enough money to that like one of my one of my uh um requirements so to speak i mean or or just like one of my own um you know, I guess requirements was like, I wanted to go to college, you know, mm-hmm. like I, it was important to me. So if, if I was going to make money, was it going to be enough like to counterbalance that? Can you, can you outweigh an actual education with the amount of money you end up making, especially as like a swimmer? Yeah. It's one thing if it's baseball or basketball, but this was swimming too. Yeah, it is. And, and I, but it's also about, I think it is also, it's like, you know, and I speak to the realm of swimming for me personally, and I can't speak to someone like Michael, um, like just an integral part of my own development, mm-hmm. being around guys my age in the same environment as them, um, not, nothing's, nothing standing between me and them. You know, maybe even if I were training with you guys, um, but not swimming in the meets. I, I felt like I needed to um, be part of that wholly yeah. for me to feel like I was um, developing in the way that I wanted to, for the way that I viewed my career. And and I, I, I looked at my career as something that was going to span probably my 20s. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't, and, and college swimming is something I wanted to do since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you know, I think it was this balance between, <clears throat> I, I thought about it for probably days and then was just like, you know, college swimming is, it's worth, it's worth the quote unquote risk, whatever. If you, if you call it that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, it, and I, I, uh, it was, I mean, like, I, I've never, you, it was something I'll never look back on and wish I didn't do. So of it's course. like, and, and you know what? Yeah, and I think 
somewhere inherently in that decision is an, was and is an understanding that um, there are no shortcuts. Yeah. Like, they, you know, like when I'm thinking about my career in the aggregate, there are certain steps that I was felt like I had to take, mm-hmm. like to achieve what I felt like I wanted to achieve. And within our sport, within a lot of sports, the college level is not just developmental for yourself physically, but for yourself growing as a person, right? Like you're actually around your peers and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're being, you're off on your own and you're, but you're also a part of something yeah. not separate from it. Um, I wasn't going to miss out on that. And, um, you know, if I, if I had, uh, I would, I, I do feel like I would have regretted it personally. Sure. I just, I couldn't imagine not putting myself into that situation. We're swimmers, man. College swimming is like, it's, it's, um, it's as big as it gets yeah. for the most part. And and I will say this too, I, don't, I think this is important to note. I think a lot of the reason that our country, the US is so good, uh, the depth that we, uh, that we have so much depth is part and parcel to the university system, to mm-hmm. the NC2A system. It just caters to this other level of development that no other place in the world has. Yeah, so I'm seeing a lot of, I'm hearing I should say, if you were 18 at the time and you're thinking about this in 2001, um, like a lot of foresight on your part and a lot of a really big sense of agency over what you wanted to do um, to the point where it's like you were, you. I mean, old soul is the way you describe someone in like a trite way, but a, a lot of maturity at the time. I have to imagine that's from the mentors that you had and the older people that you watched and idolized growing up. But it also, the growth, I don't know if it's the growth mindset, but the ability that you had to see into your 20s, it's almost like college was a decision based on the fact that you said like, yeah, I'm going to swim until I'm in my 20s anyway. Like, let's just have this little stop on the way. Like not a lot of people can see past, especially in high school, the year in front of them, a date with their girlfriend. And you're thinking about, you know, your swimming career into your 20s, which has ended up, what ended up happening um do you feel like that space was created by making sydney and by winning a medal there because again like you had space to play and feel and feel comfortable getting into swimming before the olympics did you kind of grab that space for yourself to where it's like okay now i've at least checked that box in swimming like now i can think about things in the long game um I think I think you, it's you're yeah you're touching on something there and it's it's um, not specific to let's say Sydney or like the Olympic Games when I was seventeen it's more um, I I I I fully bought into what I was doing mm-hmm. like I I and and so I I I loved the process of putting work towards something like this, something that I was outside everyday training with where I grew up um, with great people and with a fantastic coach who challenged me, who held me accountable. I was getting a tremendous sense of, um, of, of like development and growth and uh, progression within this environment. And so, I mean, like I, I, and, and I, the thing is, is like, I was seeing results. Yeah. And, and so like, it was this reinforcing nature of this. Like I was, phys- I was good and yeah. physically good. And, 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 and I, and I had a, a fairly decent understanding that I was, and I had a fairly decent understanding that like, I was going to be better than I was at 17. If yeah. I just wait, <laughs> if I just keep going and, and, um, and so I think from that early age, and it wasn't so much about Sydney, Sydney was a stepping stone, um, nothing more or less, to be honest, but what, what it was for me looking at my career from when I was young. And I remember thinking about this is like, 
And they're like, no, I'm going to be doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm pretty decent at it. And I think I can do pretty damn well at it. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I was in no hurry. Yeah. Like it, I, I kind of understood that this is something that takes time. And, and um, talk about lessons of something. It's like, you know, it's this sense of delayed gratification to some degree. And also like finding, like you end up, I end up kind of coming away from it, understanding that like the things that I found joy in it, aside from the things we've already expressed, are just uh, the lifestyle of it. Like the yeah. fact that like, hey, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's healthy, it's, it's good. It's, um, I like being in the water um, and, and, and having, and then, and keeping it somewhat simple. And so you bring, we bring in all these other factors into it. Um, it's hard not uh, to. And, and we break, and it's, it's, it's impossible not to. You stick around for something long enough and you, you, you have other factors that come into it. College being one, if you want to call it that, or being a professional athlete or whatever. And, but the, but like the, the heart of all of this stuff, like the, the basic base of it, um, needs to always remain the same. Mm-hmm. And, and the difficulty, um, I would say one of the, the, the biggest difficulties within anything we spend so much time in and swimming was such a great, um, teacher for me for this is is how we keep our heads on straight as we kind of progress through this little journey. Like there's all these kind of stuff that want, that's capable of distracting us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it can be, it can be goals that we set, um, you know, how, how we identify ourselves with the success that we actually, um, are striving for or have actually had um, our sponsorships, like whether are we swimming for money at some point as opposed to just for the, you know, something else like this, or just like having a certain kind of, or even swimming for like a scholarship. Is that why are we swimming just to get into college or whatever? Like that, that like those are like maybe the, 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 these the more nefarious sides of like where you can take something like that. But, the point of that being that uh, that you stick around something long enough, and you and there are these nice little things that pop up that are that seem like they're great at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, but they are just stops along the way. Yeah, they're just kind of like you know you have this whole aggregate of something that that uh, and you're putting it into the larger context, it, it can be really difficult at times. Um, but I, but I'll say that like from when I was young, I was able to see that there's a, there, that it's really quite simple. It's just enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, and I'm really grateful for that wisdom that I had when I was young and it was somewhat in, inherent, um, not to say that I didn't lose it sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's, and it's, and, it, and I cannot express how important it is to try to come back to that. And everybody in our lives, especially when we're kids, all the mentors and all the coaches and people around, it's like, if they have one job, it's to keep your head on straight, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's sometimes you're like, where, and then you see people who are going through these, these, um, uh, you know, who are successful at a young age and, and there's, there's nothing more like, and I, you can see this, like, right. Us being like athletes for so long there, there's, there is little, um, more, uh, let's say disappointing, I think, than someone who's achieved a great success, like really, truly great. And, and they, they seem to be missing like what that actually is once they actually achieve it. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't seem to fully grasp what it is that they've achieved or, you know, a, a kid who's done really well when they're really young, um, achieve some kind of 
Olympic level success or whatever. But like a kid, just a kid, right? you can't fully take in as much as you know you you want to absorb like all that it has to offer. But it's everyone else's job around that one particular person too to ensure that, that person takes from it what they possibly can. Like the growth of the person it's uh, themselves. It's not mm -hmm. just that success. It's like what are we observing and, uh, and taking along the way that, that helps us kind of evolve. And um, it's, this, it's this constant like give and take between this outward kind of like physical achievement and this inward um, reflection and recalibration towards that like really vague end goal, mm -hmm. whatever that might be. And uh, um, yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I feel like I'm, I'm going to constantly kind of almost pull it back to these, these larger only, and maybe because too, I'm, I'm, I'm able to see my particular experience from this like 30,000 foot view. Yeah. About which, a, a decade of hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. Which in, and, and, and how, um, and how that little experience is, 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 uh, um, is universal. Mm -hmm. Like if there's one thing that I, I was able to kind of, um, take away too from this is like, as I got really, as I became a veteran, as I was around the sport for a long time and I'm sitting at like at Olympic dining halls with like athletes from other sports and other countries who, you know, have, have achieved great things. It's, it's like the, the most, the most impressive thing that I ever saw, um, as I went through that whole process are the people who, um, and they became fewer and fewer the higher up I went, um, mm -hmm. are the, the people that maintained, um, a healthy sense of perspective. Yeah. The higher up you go, it seems like I'm thinking like, uh, the dragon in the Hobbit, like you have more and more of your riches. So you're more, more scared to it's lose. incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, and it's what a beautiful thing to, what a beautiful thing to like learn within sport. Like it's this, 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 this aspect of like, um, you, you know, you, you, you're becoming quite, you know, quote unquote successful in all the trappings and tribulations of that. And, and uh, all the beaut all the wonders of that too, all the great things that come with that. Mm -hmm. But then you get, but then you get to see all of those that also were kind of in that space too. And you're looking around, going like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, you know, uh, you know, there's only a few people who I feel like have actually kept their heads on straight, mm -hmm. which is which is interesting, and it, it it speaks to how it speaks to the challenges along the way. Like these, is it these inherent challenges which are so great, and the importance of good, of 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 uh, constantly present mentorship mm -hmm. and guidance and love and all of that from the people that are around us from a very young age, and and um, you know, not to speak of your own personal. Um, presence within all that but uh the, the the beautiful arc of of something like sport and how how metaphorical it is to like the way we go about and live our lives such a beautiful education like I, i'm totally sold on why it should be in the university system mm -hmm. and be yeah. and be celebrated as as a tool of education and i think it can be taken separately from that sometimes right where it's like, uh, you know, within this, within the NC2A system or within the university, it's like, you're a jock or you're, 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 a, um, a, you know, you're, you're, you're a student kind of yeah. thing. And there's, and there's some, there's, there's some truth to that, but, but I think when it's done correctly, there's a certain kind of education that you, that you can get from sport. You simply cannot get in classroom and, and the importance of, of that, but also the importance that the responsibility of all the coaches and all the parents and everyone else to ensure that the kids are getting the education that is 
that is appropriate. It's mm -hmm. not that it's not that it that there's more to it than just scholarship and Olympics and success, of course, right? But mm -hmm. but there's all these other like incredibly fine moments to learn stuff, <laughs> and um, it's fascinating. Yeah, fa I, I find it fascinating how often I I find myself in a place where I. I'm um, almost reminding parents sometimes too, peripherally or whatever, to like, to, to slow down or to, to redirect their attention towards the things that actually matter within their development of their kid. <laughs> I, I find you opportunities know? to do that almost constantly being in it's contact incredible. with parents. They'll ask me, yeah. and I'd say this was zero judgment towards them because it's, it's really hard being a modern parent. So I'll get a question. Hey, my 11 year old is really struggling with breaststroke right now. Like, should we be concerned? I'm like, and I'm not even doing that to put up a straw man. Like that is a question I get from time to time. And I'm like, it's true. you know, I couldn't swim breaststroke till I was 25. <laughs> so like, and also your kid has time until he even grasps the concept of being a swimmer and what his future can be with it. Right. So, but, but, that childlike mindset, that Zen-like mindset where you're not, like I said, grasping at your identity as a swimmer is important to maintain further and further and further you go. So to pull it back to you, you passed up the first, I, you, I mean, maybe there was one before it, but just outwardly the first trial of passing up being a pro swimmer, you had the presence to be like, no, like just keep on the, the steady path let's just dive right into the next part. Why Texas? All right, that's the show. If you listen that long and you got my little teaser there at the end for next week, then you probably understand, listen to Aaron, why it's so important that there is a ton of content that I got to have with him. Uh, truly a special and interesting guy. So many thoughts that are so much deeper than just sports and swimming. And we dig more into that next week where we start to talk about his college career, um, the mid-aughts of his professional career in the 2000s. Uh, so if you liked that, stop by next week. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, any little bit of that, any little bit of data that these podcast services have on Pro Corner, it helps us. It makes us searchable. So even if you throw me a three-star review because you're like, you know what? He drones on a little bit too long. He talks about the fact that he went to Texas too much. That's fine. It's still a review. The algorithm likes that. So speak your mind. You have a lot of power. I read the reviews, and I try to make the episodes better based on that. If you want to interact with me directly, you can find me um, at Pro Corner Podcast on Instagram. That's the podcast page. My personal page is at Austin Seroff on Instagram. Um, if you want to send me something a little bit more longer and thought out, you can reach me at Austin at ProCornerPodcast.com. Thanks for stopping by and we'll see you next week for part two of Aaron Pearsall.